Wow, um, this place is disgusting. Oh, yeah. Sucking cock and eating ass, just fucking clean as shit. It ain't safe to be here, boy. Turn back and save yourself. Them woods is evil. Pure, unadulterated evil. Got a problem here? You the midwife? I am. And you done killed my boy. Come on, come What's going on? We're out of here. Now. This is Steve Warren. I played Ivan in Scarce. You dumbasses better be listening to Gruesome Herzog so you'll know what you're up against. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run Bitch Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal, and as Dale would say, let me tell you something, you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Everyone, this is Gruesome Herzog. My very special guest today is actor Roger Connors. What's up, Roger? Not a thing, man. How you doing? Great. Glad to have you on here. I'm excited to be on, so let's get this going. All right. Um, is the weather right. in, in Ohio as good as it is here in PA? Is it pretty nice up there? Um, you know, we had like a, a heat wave for yes. a few days. It's starting to die off. It's getting a little cold again, but um, 
It was awesome while we had it. I mean, people were out in shorts. We had, like, I think the peak we hit was 63 degrees, which in Ohio in the middle of the winter is, like, Crazy. tropical. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we, uh, we were racking that out for a little bit, but we're getting back to our standard frigid temperature. Yeah. What was weird about that yeah. there is I actually went away without a coat on. So, Damn, it's nice out here. God. Love that. Oh, yeah. I, I was feeling that for sure. <laughs> and uh, I guess, as you know, um, yesterday I talked to Eddie and Don from um, Fright Tech Pictures. Uh, we're having a giveaway for Hell Week uh, for, the, for this whole week. So hopefully um, that'll, you know, help spin some stuff out. And, of course, there's some T-shirts and some... Uh, you know, you anybody who wants to listen to it, just go to my horror podcast and click on the banner on top, Fright Tech Pictures. You order a movie for five bucks, and um, uh, the first, the 100th caller, I mean, the 100th email, the 100th person to buy a movie gets the grand prize winnings of everything, plus they get a chance, plus they get a walk-on role of a new movie, hopefully be filming this summer. So I want to get that out of the way first before we get started. Now, Roger, uh, obviously, yeah. obviously, I got connected with you from the movie Hell Week. Um, mm-hmm. You were in it. You were the uh, news reporter at the end, and of course, you were stuck with that Eddie guy. You know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I um the pussy, <laughs> the pussy that said, "Come on, let's go." <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's funny, because I originally, uh, they had filmed that movie, like, uh, the greater chunk of that movie they had filmed prior to my eating, my meeting Eddie, I just said my eating Eddie, <laughs> which, but <laughs> I'm sure would not go over that well, but, you know, my meeting Eddie, um, <laughs> but, um, no, and then the, um, the ending they had, when they were in the editing room, the ending that they had at that time was, to be honest, it was pretty weak, it was not really up to par with the rest of the movie, and at that point, I had uh, just wrapped a project with Eddie uh, and Fright Tech. And Eddie literally just called me one day. I was like, listen, I've got this part. I want you to play it. It's, it's a cameo, but um, I'm really kind of desperate for someone who can pull it off. I think that you can do this and do it right. And so um, I was like, yeah, sure. So literally, like, I just went out to the set. We did it. He edited it. And uh, uh, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> now... Now, did you watch it? Now, there's a, there's something I want to ask you about the ending. Now, I don't know if it was just normal life, but if you look past you in the background, there's a guy getting out of his truck. Now, that just happened. To, that just happened to be there, correct? That wasn't in a movie. I'm assuming. No, I mean, um, that was neat to th- see. There that. Was, no, that was the part where I'm, I'm talking into the microphone when I'm actually yes. giving the. Uh, yes. Because I'm supposed to be on like a. A world scariest places on earth. It's supposed to be like kind of like a a, a webisode kind of talk show kind of thing. Right. And um, af- right. Af- yeah. After Eddie says "Let's go," <clears throat> the camera goes out, and for, in a distance you can see an eighteen wheeler and a guy getting out of his truck walking to the back of the trailer. It was so cool to see that. <laughs> that must have been not. I never not even. You know what? Yeah, that is something that I miss. I will go back. I have the DVD. <laughs> Watch it once. It's I pretty mean, weird. So I will watch it again. I've seen it seen many times. And somehow yeah. that slipped past me. Yeah, watch but it. But no, it's cool, cool that you noticed that. Yeah. That's, that's good I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a weirdo when it comes to that, so anyways. Yeah. Well, if you want, we could talk about one of your very first projects that um, you mentioned about. Um, it's on Chiller. 
I'll let you discuss mm -hmm. it. But it's called Elementary and an Education in Death in 2009. Yes, Elementary. Um, that was the first film project I ever filmed. Um, I auditioned for it back in 2006, actually, and I don't know. At that point in my life, I just really wanted to do a horror movie. I, I grew up loving horror films, um, and so I saw the audition for it, and I kind of just went out on a whim. I'd done theater up to that point. I used to do theater a lot, okay. but um, I don't know. It was just, I guess, a gut feeling. I'd only auditioned for one other fil uh, film project at that point, and um, I didn't get cast because I was too young. I was 19 when I auditioned. The part was, they wanted someone around 30. I was up for the part, but she literally, the director just said, you know, age range, based off of some of the context of what we're doing with the character, I don't think it would go over well. So, I, you know, I went out on a limb, I auditioned for Elementary, and I remember um, <laughs> when I auditioned and then when I was cast, one of the, uh, the producer, Tammy, <laughs> said to me that she had wanted a blonde male in, in the group, and all the other males in the cast are brunette, and so that is why they cast me, <laughs> and I got paranoid that was the only reason that they cast me, but I, <laughs> I really, my talent... I'm hoping my talent had something to do with it. But, right, um, right. Yeah, I am the only blonde male in my cast. That is, that's how you know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that that's a uh, that's a little strange. I mean, you you yeah you you would hope that your talent is the reason why you're in a movie. But I mean, fingers crossed. I, I'm hoping that <laughs> that plays some game. Yeah, I'm right. hoping it plays something to do with it. But uh, no, to be honest though, I mean, elementary. I, I didn't know what I was getting into with that project, and when I got on set, we were we were literally filming in an abandoned school. Um, but the the company behind Elementary, Five Two Nine Films, really great group of people, very talented, um, very tech savvy. They know what they're doing. They know how to work their cameras. They have good equipment. Um, I was kind of blown away by the professionalism on set with Elementary. Um, the actors were all awesome to work with. I, I made a lot of friends on that set. Um, I've worked with several of them since. Right. But, um, no, it was really an eye-opener, and it was just very well handled. Um, I had some really great moments filming Elementary, and as you said earlier, it, it did make its national television premiere on, on the Chiller Channel, uh, which is huge for me, because like I said, that was the first movie I ever did. I did not expect it to right. blow up to the proportion which it did. I just went to the Facebook page for that movie, and mm -hmm. I, I look at the, the, I guess it's going to be the DVD cover or it's a profile picture. It looks like a, an Amish guy. That's a, that's uh, a, a lot of people. <laughs> I, a lot of people. A lot of people are convinced that it's the Quaker Oats man <laughs> that. Uh, that's a neat picture. Killing though. the kids. Yeah. No. Uh, the actual poster is actually very eye catching. Um, that is one of our promo stills. That's one of the earlier posters. Um, that is I mean, cool. if you look up Elementary, there there's tons of posters online. But yeah. No. He. Um, the, the killer in that movie, the ghost, the entity, uh, Josiah Krebs, is a, um, a school teacher from back when the, um, that town was just a, a settlement. And uh, the story behind the movie is that um, one of the years during, during a huge snowstorm, the school basically got snowed in, and when, when the uh, plow horse finally got through to the school and they got into the building, everyone was gone, the children were gone, and the teacher was gone as well. And um, he, they never reappeared. And eventually, they tied in, in the concept that he was working with witchcraft, and that explained all the disappearances. And ever since then, after they built the new school on that territory, there had been a series of 
mysterious disappearances, and then finally, um, I say uh, several years prior to the actual time frame of the movie, and you do see a segment in the movie there is a, a violent murder within the school. Wow, that and uh, that has my interest it, big time. Yeah, it is. It's a really fun movie. It's, it's I call it a popcorn flick. It gives you everything you want. Uh, it gives you gore. It gives you a, f- a few good deaths. Um, it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. I have a few really great scenes in that movie uh, in the sense that we're just awesome to film. Um, I don't know. I had a really fun time on that set, and um, seeing it on TV was just pretty mind-blowing for me. So, I don't know. I, I have really great memories and nothing but good things to say about that film. I cannot wait. Well, the next yeah. one is a short film, which I really enjoy short films now. There, there's, yeah. a re- there's a reason behind that, but I already mentioned it quite a few times in interviews. I'm not going to mention it no more. But this is called Striving for Excellence in 2008, directed by the same director of Elementary, right? Am I correct? Andrew Smoley? Yeah, yeah. Yep, Andrew Smoley, yes. Uh, actually, that uh, that project is a cool little story. It, uh, it was actually part of the 48-hour film festival. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically what it consists of is, is uh, def- several different cities all around America, different time frames throughout the year, do this thing called the 48-hour film fest. And what it is is, uh, the people who participate, the companies that participate, they're given 48 hours to cast their project, write their project, film it, edit it, and premiere it. Okay. Uh, and, and so what they do is uh, they give you like several um, different key items that you have to work into the script, and then you basically pick out a genre. And we happen to get horror, which was our area of expertise after elementary, um, and he basically turned to a few of the actors from elementary that he knew were capable. Um, not saying everybody wasn't, but just capable of getting out to set and just being there, you know? Right. Um, but um, he, he, there are a few of the uh, elementary kids in that film. And um, so we shot it, edited it, scored it in two days, and, um, and actually ended up taking first place, um, best film. And it won, I think overall it won five awards. It had the best actor... Um, I know it was a really great experience. It was really fun. It was my first time dabbling in um in makeup. Right. I mean, there's there's a few gore effects I got to do on that uh, minor, but it was like my first time really dabbling with it. And all in all, it was just really good time. A uh, really slick little film too. I mean, you wouldn't know it was handled in such a short time frame. So it's actually available to view on YouTube and um, check it out. Yeah, I'm it, going it, to. It's fun. It's definitely fun. Yeah. I'm going to. Now the next one we awesome. we briefly talked about it earlier, but um, Hell Week in 2010. Now, yeah. how you, how you came across me as I reviewed it, and you contacted me. We started talking and shooting shit, and that's how the interview came about. But I said this to Eddie yesterday. That's to Eddie Langle, the director. I said, you know, when I when I watch this movie the first time, it's better the second time, and. I explained to him why, and we briefly talked off the air why. But the movie is, I like the part, you know, it gets really good when it gets to the factory and then wholly to the end. I like the characters in the movie. You know, you have um, a body getting split in half, one of the first kills in the movie I thought was neat. But it just, the characters alone in this movie, it was different. It was different than any movie that I've seen. You know, you had a little bit of the, of the chainsaw bit. You had an old, uh, you know, you were the, the the news reporter at the end, which I mentioned earlier. Now, mm-hmm. and you, I, we don't really have to go into any more because, unless you want to repeat yourself, but the experience of this movie. I mean, I know you and Eddie. Eddie is a, well, 
Eddie's Eddie. Eddie's a clown. Eddie's <laughs> Eddie and Eddie. <laughs> the best way to put it. <laughs> yes. Hey Eddie, I know you're gonna listen to this interview, but I gotta say one thing. Um, Willie here, little Willie, little wee Willie, little wee Willie Woo, well, whatever. But um, won't go home. Yes, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Don, um, he played that. Uh, what's that character he played? I don't know. Not. He played not. Yes. yes, he was the one that split that girl in half in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which he's the big daddy. Yep. Right. I thought that that was the best kill in a movie. Um, yep. And I'm and I told Eddie yesterday. I said, you know what? It's good that you guys did that far back because of having used the, you know, the CGI or whatever to keep it because you know, it looked really cool from a distance. And I, mm-hmm. like you heard me say in the review, JJ got under my damn skin. I was hoping that he'd be the first one killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I, I hear that a lot, but I think I think that was on purpose. One yeah. of the things that you said about the characters. Um, and I have a different feel. I think one of the things about how we, and I've heard this so many times, is the characters in the film, the, the protagonists, um, are not really likable. Uh, you're actually, I, I feel you're rooting for a lot of them to die. And it's not, it's not because it's written badly and it's right, not because it's acted right. badly. It's just, a, it's a different take. I feel a different take right. on the protagonist. Uh, at, at some point, and I feel you, you're expressing this right now, you're almost rooting for the villains because the kids are such douchebags. <laughs> so you're kind of wanting them to get it. And the reason I think that you want JJ to die so bad is you see so much of him. He's in so much of the movie. So, um, and he is a, he's a jerk. He's a complete jerk. Which is funny because the actor that plays him is, is not. Right. Rob Yeager is a, is a very cool guy. Um, right. I've, I've met him on several occasions, and he is nothing like JJ. Just to clarify for viewers, um, so I guess that means he played his part right, and he played it well. But no, yeah, that, I've heard that from many people. Yep. About yeah. the characters. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I made sure that I mentioned that in my review that it's not mm-hmm. the actor; it's the character. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it, he played a role good, but man, mm-hmm. he got into somewhat womanizer and God knows whatever else. But yeah. But but the acting was He's good. The ultimate trap boy. Yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah. the acting was good. Now I did mention in, in in a review, which everybody sure heard of it. I said that at some point some of the characters get a little boring, you know, and mm-hmm. that's that's any movie. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. There's but, a lot of exposition. There is a lot of exposition. Right. Um, which is, but which is, I mean, I I won't be honest. I appreciate that about um, the script. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say a lot could have been skimmed, but at the same time, at least when characters are dying off, I have something that I uh, reference as the sacrificial lamb syndrome in horror films, where there's characters who are written just to die. Right. And you see that so often that I think it's kind of refreshing that you get so much backstory and exposition on all these kids. I don't think there's one of the leads that you don't know something unique about them. Um, I mean, for instance, I know Stephanie, uh, one of the brunettes, Stephanie, uh, has the whole series with the dream sequences that she's having, and they go into that. And um, the character of Bree, you get the whole backstory that she just moved back from, I think, New York, and that uh, you know she's kind of resettling into into town. And everyone kind of has this, this aspect of their own life that's kind of brought into the movie. So they're not just there to get killed off. You learn something about them. You learn about their personalities. Right. You might learn too much. I don't think so. I, I think it's refreshing that you get to see more than just their face before they're killed off. 
well, for ten seconds on the screen. Well, one thing that Ed, Eddie brought to my attention yesterday that I totally forgot all about it in my review is the goth girl mm-hmm. down in the basement. Skates, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of guys like her. Yeah, <laughs> she, was- she um, she's she's a unique experience. No, <laughs> I uh, I've never actually met the actress. Um, but I've uh, from what I've heard, she's one of the favorite moments in the film of course I've heard nothing but male reviews so I'm not shocked <laughs> right. but um she's pleasing the eye for the guy yeah and she brings a cool little twist to the movie too I feel I think it's unexpected um right. I love her voice personally too I get it, that, when you say the term gets under your skin her voice is that gravelly that shrill gravelly tone and I don't know it just that scene registers well with me yep yep yeah well the, the next movie um it's coming out sometime later on. Um, Voodoo Rising. Um, oh, Voodoo. <laughs> I watched the trailer. Um, yeah. Very interesting. I can't wait. Of course, Donnie plays the cop in there, which you know, I I have a rule in my podcast that I don't interview anybody that plays cops. So, Don, okay. you're, out, you're out of luck, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> I said that at him yesterday. But, yes, Voodoo Rising. Uh, do you want to yeah. share... Um, your experience with this movie I mean I don't want you to give too much away because you know I don't want to ruin it oh no by all means I mean I would love to talk about voodoo I um I I enjoy voodoo um I think it's going to be a fun little project once it actually premieres uh it, it has been in the works for a while is the thing it was my first project with Frightened Pictures um I remember I auditioned at their last audition and when I went out for the audition it was right after Elementary had wrapped, and the trailer had just premiered for Elementary, and it had created a huge buzz in the local film scene. Uh, the trailer, I mean, if you check it out, it's on YouTube. It's very slick. It's, it's cut very well. It, right. it does not look independent. Um, and right after that, my my career, at least within the local scene, kind of started kicking off. I had lots of offers for parts. Um, based off that alone which is very cool and uh, if you notice four of the actors from Elementary are in Voodoo Rising um, I think Eddie was was hoping to scoop up as many of them as he could because of the potential star power that could come from it right. not bragging or anything but I'm just right. saying I think that was the assumption that was made and well, I mean hey it's on TV now so mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's how the business goes mm-hmm. uh, which was flattering and so when I went out for the audition um he actually, uh, the character that I play in Voodoo was not in the original script. Um, there were originally six kids, and then it was up to eight. Um, he wrote in a character for me when he found out that I was gay. He <laughs> openly stated he openly stated he'd always wanted a gay character in one of his films. Um, and he has this thing about <laughs> comedic minorities in his movies. Um, I, he like Eddie has a sense of humor that is just so 1985. Like <laughs> wow. he loves, he loves that kind of frat boy humor, and um, I'm all about it. I think it's hilarious. You see a good amount of it in How Weak. How Weak definitely balances its horror with its humor. Um, mm-hmm. But so in in Voodoo, it's 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 a very different feel from How Weak. It's a backwards film, and um, he he wanted a gay character, and. Um, I was more than willing to appease him. The uh, elementary, I had played the complete opposite, and so I was totally willing to take on a gay role. Um, and the character that I play in Voodoo is 
certainly gay. Um, you will see that in the trailer, and yes. eventually you will see that in the film. Uh, his name is Porter, and he, uh, words I would use to describe him would be fabulous, um, hostile, <laughs> unhappy. He's very, he's always complaining about camping. He's not one with nature. Um, and he's the kind of character that, even though they're in the middle of the woods, half the time you see him, he's putting on eyeliner or foundation or changing his wardrobe. No. So um, he's, he's a prima donna of he's a prima donna of the of the film, but he definitely adds an aspect of humor that um, I think is refreshing. Right. Uh, right. He he definitely stands out in the group of kids. Um, but I I will say that I feel the entire cast everyone is very uh, individual, and that's one of the things I liked about the film from the beginning. None of the none of the leads blend together. Everyone has their own personality, and um, I don't know. I really like the overall um, the character selections that were made for this movie and I think Porter just adds to it and uh, enhances it um, I think I think audiences will respond to him <laughs> I hope well, we will see you mentioned about Eddie's humor um, yes. I actually <laughs> I actually found somebody with my personality and when he calls me or I call him it's a laugh fest Oh, I I've experienced these regularly. And I so yeah, that guy, uh, he's he's a funny guy. He's a funny, funny guy. He can crack jokes a mile a minute. And if if you want to tell the listeners, what does Eddie call you? What name? Oh yeah. I mean, well, let, let me let me start this off by just explaining that um, I think Eddie. <laughs> I think he's fond of the fact that I am his gay friend because Eddie is as straight as they come. Right. Um, Eddie is is one hundred percent man. Um, but he um, oh, sure. I've never met somebody so open uh, just to people. Um, but in his openness, he's also completely open to make fun of you. So he um, <laughs> he lovingly called me Mary. Um, he'll, he'll impersonate my voice a lot. He'll be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's horrible. Which I don't. I mean, I don't think I sound that dramatic. But no. Eddie's world, I guess I register as, as a drag queen on meth twenty four seven, which I'm fine with. I love it. Uh, our friendship oh, God, is funny. is a very strong one, and I uh, I love Eddie's humor. It's it's one of his finest qualities yeah. among many. Among many. Well, see, here's the thing: if he didn't like you, he wouldn't joke with you. That's how I Ain't look at true. it. That's how I look. That's and, how I look at it. And, and, that's, and I, I agree with that, and I appreciate that. I think everyone needs a sense of humor. Um, I love, I, as a gay male, I love nothing more than being made fun of. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and Eddie, he dishes it out. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. And you know what? I'm all about that. I'm all about it. He's hilarious. Well, when I was talking to him yesterday, and that uh, that Don Kilrain guy was there. Oh, Don. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I, I said to him yesterday, it's funny, you know, I don't have to meet somebody. All I got to do is just hear them for a couple seconds to where I can get their personality. And usually, right. usually, I can sense it's weird. And I just started busting his balls before I even started talking to him. I don't know what it was. But he fired I'm, 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 I'm sure Eddie back. appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Don will fire back. <laughs> well, and Don and Eddie have that kind of relationship. They are always cracking on each other. So I feel that, <laughs> I feel that you have maybe sided on Team Eddie here, um, which is a very, will bring a unique dynamic to this 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 chemistry here that's been established. Um, yep. I'm curious to see how Don responds. But no, I think that's hilarious. I, I support that. Well, 110%. 
Yeah, it's that's the thing, you know. I, you know, in this kind of, kind of business, um, interviewing and reviewing movies, I tend to uh, take it serious. But then there's times mm-hmm. where I like to have some fun with it too, because, you know, I don't want to be no, you know, no itty bitty perfect perfect. I like to have a little fun with it. it, it, it yeah, I, I like to do interviews where I can get the personal the person's actual character out. You know, I don't want this, you know, lame stuff. You don't or, want blase. Right, right. Just, you don't want to be boring and stagnant. Yeah, I feel, yeah. yeah, just have fun and let it flow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what we're doing right now. Exactly right. You know. But uh, the next movie, which we can't talk too much about, I was talking to Eddie about it yesterday, is mm-hmm. the Melon Heads in 2011. Um, yep. And then after this here, if you want, if you got any 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 other projects you want to talk about, you're more than glad oh, yeah. to. And it don't have to be horror either. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, melons. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't go too much into melons. Um, melon Heads was was my third film with Frytech. I have worked with other companies. I swear to God. Um, um, <laughs> Melonheads. I, I I originally almost was not involved with Melonheads um, due to uh, prior conflicts. I was filming over the summer, and there were other factors that just made it kind of impossible for me to originally audition and sign on for the film. But um, it's one of those situations that I feel is kind of in the cards uh, for me to be part of it. Um, I love working with Eddie, and I mean, not only is he one of my best friends, but we have such a great time on set uh, that humor carries over on the set and um, it, ha, about halfway into the production of Melonheads, you know, I'm not going to go too much into the story I'm not going to really give a lot away, but one of the actors ended up um, moving and uh, his schedule was running tight and so Eddie had this one character that um, he kind of had to kill off earlier than he had originally written and um he wanted to kind of have another character to carry through through the last chunk of the movie, the second chunk. Um, and so he he threw me a call, and he's like, you know, I know your schedule's kind of tight, but um, you think we can work this out? And the, the movie I was filming at the time was actually wrapping up, and it just it worked out. And uh, I ended up, actually, I ended up filming uh, a few weeks with them. Um, I played who is completely the opposite of Porter, which I love. I just, I, you know, I like being versatile with my characters. I right. like... Right. I like, you know, I don't want to play the same thing. Uh, I used to be terrified of being, um, you know, kind of stuck with the title of gay actor because I was afraid that people would, you know, throw me in that niche and I wouldn't be able to get out of it. But um, I think I've proven that I can do more than that and, and Tony is definitely an all-American Italian frat boy. Um and I, I know I got on set, and it just, it kind of took off, and uh, the character became a lot, a lot bigger than I expected him to be, which I'm totally cool with. But there are some great scenes in that film. Um, I have an epic chase sequence. Nice. Um, I don't know. There's, I, I think it's, it's very, it's a very different feel, a different energy than Eddie's last two movies. I think he tried something a little bit different. Um, it's got a serious tone to it. Right. Uh, it, and so I think I don't know. I don't want to, want to say that fans will not be receptive. I just I think there, it might draw a different crowd than the last two movies. Um, not saying that the fans of the last two movies will not enjoy it, but I think that people who might not have responded to that loud, <laughs> um, uh, excessive humor of Hell Week, that that rowdy kind of humor, 
people who might not have liked that, because I've read a few reviews that were like, this is extreme, this is more than I can handle, this humor is unnecessary, um, <laughs> it's over the top, <laughs> I've heard all these things. I think that they might, they might find Melonheads refreshing and see that Eddie can do more than just, um, than just that frat boy kind of humor. Right. And, um, I don't know, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to give too much away with the storyline, um, I don't really want to spill too much, yeah, don't um, but, yeah, but you know what? I think it's going to be a good project. I'm really excited to see the final cut. But one, there's, um, there's two people in the movie though, in Melon Heads, mm-hmm. that I find interesting. Um, Kaylee Williams, uh, she plays mm-hmm. Shelley, and Sean mm-hmm. C. Phillips. Yes. Now, now, yeah. <laughs> this was Eddie's first. Um, this was Eddie's first attempt at bringing in out towners for one of his projects, which was a huge step for him. Yep. Uh, normally he's stuck to the Cleveland area, and I, I know uh, fr- you know Frytech is kind of taking off, they've got, you know, How Week is on Netflix now, it's on, available for stream, so you can just go on and check it out for all you listeners who have not seen Hell Week, um, but I mean, Fright Tech is starting to establish a name, which is awesome, there are reviews everywhere uh, for Hell Week, and Voodoo is Voodoo's getting a buzz, so why not, I mean, the, the point of dipping your toes into the independent movie scene is ideally to grow as a filmmaker and to make better projects. You don't want to keep making movies on the same level every single time. You want to grow. And in, in Melon's, one thing he did do was he he upped the ante with his cast, I feel. Right. I was flattered to be part of it because I do feel that it is a strong cast and I do feel that Eddie was very specific with who he asked to be involved with it and so I am flattered that he asked me to come aboard. That's good. Now, you have, you have some newer projects, right? That's not listed yet? Yeah, I do. I do have a few projects that are... Um, one is in uh, post-production right now, and one is actually in production. Uh, you will probably see them on IMDb within the next few weeks. Um, the one movie I, I filmed over the tail end of summer into the fall uh, was entitled Dark of Moon. It was my first non-horror film, which was very, a very unique experience. Well, no, I strike that. It was not my first non-horror film. I did do a movie, one of my first projects that is... I consider disposable for my resume, so <laughs> we won't we won't talk about. It, but I, I've experienced non horror movies. This was my first major part in a non horror film, okay. and um, it was it was a really fun experience. It um, the, the concept is it's kind of out there, but I embraced that, and that's why I took the part. It's about a group of friends, five friends, who uh, have grown up together. Um, were kind of the outcasts uh, in high school. They were Wiccans, and now they're twenty somethings, and they are they're still practicing Wiccan, and I think they're kind of coming to terms with the fact that they are living what is considered kind of an alternative lifestyle, um, and coming to terms with their religions, but also coming to terms with, you know, managing their relationships with each other, and, you know, finding love in their lives, too, and, and balancing all those aspects of their lives together, and um, like I said, I took the, the project because I thought it was unique, you don't, you don't see a lot of movies dabbling in this area right. and um, when it comes to independent films one thing people respond to is is areas that you know a topic matters that are not really projected on the screen that often you, you want something that could grab people's interest and I think Darker Moon is going to do that because it's something that people haven't seen before the only time you see anything witchcraft or wicked is in the movie The Craft right. or um the <laughs> um I mean, there's maybe I can name like three or four films or TV shows that have 
you know, discuss that, that religion and that, that genre of people. And other than that, there's just really not much covering that area. And so I thought that was really cool um, to do a project that really, really delved deep into, um, into the, that religion and that group of people. And I had a really great experience. I met some awesome people. I worked with some very, very talented people. Um, I'm really excited to see the final project. Right. Very excited. Yeah. All right. And you, you mentioned you got another project, too? Yeah, this this one I'm I'm very uh, pumped to talk about because it just started production. Um, the name of the film is Chill, straight to the point. Uh, it is a slasher, which Whoa. is one of my favorite my one goodness. of my favorite genres of horror. Um, and it, it, it's my first top billing role. I mean, I've I've had major characters, I've I've played supporting leads, but this is my first top billing lead, and uh, I'm just I'm so excited. I mean, aside from that, it's just an awesome script. Very talented cast, talented crew. Um, I don't know. I see nothing but good things for this project. Um, the the basic storyline. I'll just throw it out there really quick. It deals with um, it, uh, a few kids on this uh, um, who attend this college who are um, involved in a local history and lore uh, class. And uh, one of the kids for his final project is doing a um, a report on this game that used to be played on campus called Chill. And it was a, a tradition back in the 80s and the 90s. It became a huge deal uh, amongst the kids on campus. They would go out to a random location. They would select the kids who would play it, and they would basically lock them in overnight and play this game. And the goal was to find out who had been assigned the, the killer, because nobody in the, the building knew who had been assigned the killer, and then either find out who the killer is by the end of the game, or else everyone gets killed and the killer wins. And so... During one of during one of these games, next day, when uh, the rest of the kids went into the building, they they found everyone who had been playing the game dead. Um, no, never found out who the killer was. Uh, but the the game basically went wrong. It's banned on campus. Um, it's not allowed to be discussed anymore. It's a very taboo topic in the town. And so this kid, he's kind of a shit starter. He's an instigator, uh, popular frat boy. Uh, he um he decides he wants to do a project on this on this game and his his dad is a higher up with the local government and he gets the go ahead that you know he gets the permission to go into the building and look into the project and or look into the game for his project and he gets a bunch of local kids to participate and what he decides to do for his project is he's going to do a web series that he's going to show online that people will be able to actually watch the game Unfold as it did back, you know, however many years ago, and um, he's got a few um, he's got a few tricks up his sleeve for himself in the sense that he's made a few contacts and he's looking to get this webisode turned into an online gaming system. Uh, if it goes over well, if he get a big enough response, he's going to make some profit off of it. So oh, wow. he gets this game. Yeah, he gets this game going. They set up cameras. My character is the technician. I'm the tech, the tech guy, and I um I set up all these cameras in the building, and as the game starts unfolding, the cameras start to go down. I go in to fix the cameras, and we all get locked in the building, and the, the murder starts to get recreated. Oh wow! For real, yeah. Very fun story. Very cool. Uh, we we just started filming already. Everything's looking amazing. Great cast. I don't know. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I uh, we just debuted the um 
the teaser poster, actually, and I, um, I'll send you a copy of that okay. if you want to post it on your Facebook. It's very, uh, very eye-catching. Uh, we had a, um, professional graphic artist do it, um, a comic book artist, and it's just really, really slick poster. I really, really am a fan of it, and, uh, I just think it's a sign of things to come, the quality of this, this project, um, it's going to be awesome. I think any fan of, of the slasher genre is going to dig this, for sure. Yeah, I'm a big for slasher sure. fan. Yeah. Big 80s slasher well, then, guy, you know? Then you, then you will love it. Then <laughs> you will be a fan of chill. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you for having me, bud. I had a great time. No problem. We had a lot of informative uh, stuff here, and uh, hope for the best. You know, hopefully I'll get a chance to see you out there in Ohio this summer, hopefully. Maybe make yeah, it fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I know Eddie and uh, Fred, they're, they're going to start filming that project, The Holler. Um, and I uh, I know they're really jazzed for this one. I know they got some big some big tricks up their sleeves. they got some big plans. So I'm sure it is going to be quite a good time. And uh, I don't know. I can't wait to see what happens with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, ideally, because I know you're coming out for uh, doing a little cameo in that project, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome, I don't know. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know what character yet, but I guess we'll find out, huh? Well, now, <laughs> now that Eddie knows that you are uh, uh, that you two are one of a kind, I'm sure she'll write something very uh, outgoing for you. I'm sure you'll have a, a, some comedic bits to deal with. So uh, get ready. Oh, God. <laughs> get ready for Eddie. Hey, as yeah. long as it has something to do with uh, fucking with Don, I'm all for it. Oh, believe me, with, when you two minds get together, I'm sure there will be plenty of that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot for coming awesome, on. Awesome, man. You take care. Oh, no. Thank you for having me, man. I had a great time. The eyewitness accounts, all the newspaper articles, they all paint Andy as a loner. Maybe that's why the kids picked on him. Just like that day. When the cops showed up, Andy was in the middle of the room, covered in blood. Everyone else in the room was dead. Everyone figured that Andy snapped. But what really happened, Andy never said. Andy never said another word. Everyone figured he took revenge. But they couldn't prove anything, so they put him in an institution. He was locked up for years, till one day, he vanished.